For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Believe in the Arizona Cardinals. This is the Cardinals-specific show based out of Phoenix, Arizona. I am one of your hosts. I am Javon J. Love Adams. And alongside the one and only, he's the one that gives this show the credit and the validation. He is Ed Easy Smith. What is good, my friend? Man, just hanging out, man. Getting ready to get this thing on. And, uh, man, it's been hot out here lately, bro. It has been hot. This is that time that's called the monsoon. So with in terms of monsoon, we're, the way we do it is we try to bring our own little deluge of, of, of weather to you. So whether or not we agree or disagree, uh, it's all good because while Ed can crush me with his hands, he's, he's a little slower than he used to be. So, I, you know, I can jog a little bit and get on him sometimes. But uh, so we, so this week, what we want to do is we want to talk. Last week, we talked a lot about the defense. This week with training camps opening, I wanted to get Ed's thoughts on training camp from a former player's perspective because he did play not only professional baseball but he also played in the NFL and also played over in uh, over in NFL Europe as well and so get his thoughts on that and there's been a lot of praise that's been heaped upon Kyler Murray and I want to get Ed's thoughts on that if he thinks that it's a little bit too premature or just I don't I don't want to lead him in any way and because Kyler Murray is a quarterback, we know that he needs some people to catch the ball. And we had a great addition, DeAndre Hopkins, and we talked a little bit about that a couple of weeks ago with some players that we feel would need to make a, to to have continue to have uh, phenomenal seasons in order for there to be a great impact. So, uh, we're going to talk about the receiving core a little bit and kind of see where that takes us. So, so, and I want to uh, talk a little bit about you've been you've been there, and and this is sometimes we peek behind the curtain as long as technology holds up, we still will be good to go. But um, so we this is take two of this part of this type of conversation that we've had thanks to the uh, the error of the the person running the the technology, <laughs> but. When you walk into that room, when you walk into the the locker room, uh, especially when you haven't had uh, an off season, you haven't had those off season OTAs, those those 
those what is it the uh, not mandatory the optional or the whatever they call Manda- it. mandatory optional <laughs> mandatory <laughs> optional OTAs. So when you walk in in, in a general sense, and if it was a normal year, and you you were talking a little bit about your experience with the with the Atlanta Falcons. So when when you're walking into the locker room, do you know? Do you know if 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 it's going to be a thumbs up, a thumbs down, or are you a little bit shaky with that with that hand that waves kind of side to side? How do you know when you walk into the locker room? When do you know? Well, in normal situations, you know, that by this time of the year, you're, the team has been around each other uh, for a great amount of time. You know, people, the season ends with the Super Bowl in February, and a lot of people think that, well, they just take the year off until they get closer to training camp in the summer. In all actuality, man, the players are back at it as early as late March with the OTAs. And, you know, their workouts and they're seeing each other at the facility. Eventually the draft comes and then the rookies have their first mini camp. And then there's a, a, a team mini camps that this goes all the way through the summer. This is the stuff that's been missed because of the virus. So now instead of some of the veteran players having a feel, you know, for the coaching staff, for the players that have been added, the players that have been drafted, and you kind of get a sense of, you know, this team is either going to be really good or, ooh, we got some holes to fill. This is the stuff, this is one of the, I guess, the aftermath, the effects of what the virus is going to do. I think everybody's kind of going to be starting out at ground zero in terms of finding out what they have, whether it's in the locker room and coaching staff as well. I played on some teams that when I, I felt so comfortable because of the coaching staff, because I had a chance to find out about them during the offseason. You could tell they cared about you more than just being an athlete. It was more about, you know, you as a person as well and also about you doing your job and, and different things like that. And I know we, we talked about it a little bit ago, but I'll give you like a little quick scenario in terms of how you do and don't know sometime. When I got drafted, when I signed with the Falcons in 97 as a free agent, you know, Coach Reeves was just taking over. Uh, the run and shoot was the previous uh, regime, I think, with um, who's the one guy who had green um, – Oh my goodness. Chris no, uh, no 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 no. I know what you're talking about. He's a college coach now, but yeah. So anyway, yeah. we so coach not Reeves, Glanville, right? Not Glanville. Yeah, he not was Glanville. prior to, even yeah, prior yeah, to I that. Gotcha, I gotcha. Um June Jones. Ah yes. June Jones, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we you know, Coach Reeves he basically came in trying to reshape this organization and, and I I call it the land of misfit toys, man. He brought some guys down from New York that he had confidence in. From other places, he brought me in off the street. Uh, Cornelius Bennett, uh, Jesse Tuggle was a leftover. He was there from the previous regime. So he brought all this stuff together. And that first offseason, man, we were all just getting to know each other, you know. And that was, you know, I got signed in February or so. Spent the whole offseason. We're preparing for that season with my teammates. But I didn't know what we were or what we were going to be. We started that season one and seven, man. We took beatings like you couldn't imagine. Like we got caught stealing from the from the corner store, you know. <laughs> and... But something was growing and developing while we were doing our thing, you know, through that, even through that one and seven start. We finished that season six and two for our seven and nine overall record. That following off season, man, which was the season that led into our Super Bowl season, our Super Bowl run. Yeah. It was, you could tell it was like a different, there was a different culture, a different vibe. And because guys were buying into what Coach Reeves was talking about. And I, I could tell. I didn't know we were going to be a Super Bowl to that team that year, but I knew we were going to be a better team than we were the year before okay. because of being around the environment, the coaching staff, the guys that Coach Reeves had bought in, and like I said, everybody was kind of buying in. So that's going to be one of the biggest disadvantages 
of all these teams. You got to remember, everybody's on the same level. Right. Uh, you think about Tom Brady just reporting to camp today. Right. He's going to be looking at dudes that he ain't seen. He's never played against. Don't even won't even know there's some of their names. You know. And hey, bro. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is how you do it. Hey, eighty four. Eighty four. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so that's so it's going to be one of those situations, man, where there, it, this is going to be a year like none other with guys just walking in today and this week, getting to know, you know, other players that, and all likely, and all they should have been working out all off season together. Now, you mentioned a couple things that you hear, I, you often hear when when uh, the, the 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 talking heads talk about is culture is one of those. And then the other is it, you alluded to it, where you, how you finish the year on the upswing as opposed to the way in which you started it. So w- when you look at the Cardinals, they, they finished they finished the year better than the way that they the mm-hmm. way that they started. Uh, is the is that can that carry into an off season? Or I'll say it like this: given this the uniqueness of this particular off season. Is there any residue, positive residue, positive remnants from the way in which they finished to be able to that they can that they can take, or does is it starting from square one all over again? Every coach will tell you that you know our good head coach will remind you about what you did last year, whether it was good or bad, and come this year we want to learn from everything that we experienced last year, but last year is last year. Right. Momentum and all that kind of stuff, none of that carries over. Now, what can carry over is the way you handle your business, how you develop the culture, uh, how you study, how you interact with your, uh, you know, coaching staff and other players. That's like the building of the culture and the environment. That's right. the stuff that carries over the, the play and all that kind of stuff. You can cancel Christmas because none of that matters. Like I said, it's all about the the, the cohesion, the development, whatever you call uh, the culture, that's what you want to have kind of expand into the following year. But as far as what we did last year, right. it's always good. I mean, yeah. you always like to end on a positive note. But we've seen teams who finish on a positive note and start the next season off, you know, in the cellar. So it doesn't really doesn't uh, carry over, if you want to call it that. Again, believe in the Arizona Cardinals. So with this, with culture, is there – do you feel that coaches – Unless they're unless they're a, a, a unless they're a trash fire, I can't think of a grease fire. Unless they're unless they're just awful. Yeah. Do you think that coaches get enough time? And I'm thinking about Kingsbury because he can't. He, of course, he was fired from his previous job. Was going to be the offensive coordinator a, coordinator at USC before before being offered this position that he has now, this head coaching position. Do you think that coaches are giving uh, given enough time? in present times, to be able to establish that culture? Uh, I think it's organization to organization, but overall, I don't think so. I mean, it's, we're, we live in now a microwave society, and there's no longer time to put the bread in the oven and, and let it bake for that 45 minutes to an hour. Right. And same thing goes for coaches. I mean, you get somebody two or three years, and they're already calling for their job. And that's regardless of the – the situation, or as you call it, dumpster fire taking over. Right. The amount of time that some of these coaches get, and you know, it works both ways too. I mean, sometimes you can tell if a dude is just that ain't gonna work. Who was our head? Rich coach? Kotite was Rich, was one of those oh, dudes. Yeah. He, it, of course, I was I was just a I was just yeah. a wee boy looking at it from the on the television, <laughs> but it looked like he didn't have a clue. Had no clue. Who was our head coach two years ago? Uh, who it came and went that fast? Uh, he got one season. Yeah, my brother, bro, man. Yeah, uh, yeah, bro, yeah, man. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, but how remember. how early did we know that that Steve just Wilkes. wasn't going to work? 
Wilkes? Wilkes. There you go. Thank you. That's my youngest son. He's listening. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, you you can tell, ooh, that's that's just, (laughs) you know. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you gotta give it up, bro. I mean, you know, you, you, you know, you, you know, I'm a cook, right? Yeah. Sometimes yeah, I know you, you a cook, bro, man. And there are I times know. I ain't gonna say it happened often, but different times <laughs> I've had something that I've been working on all day and I had thought about it all week, and it get to Sunday, and I'm and I'm like, mm, I don't think that's gonna work. <laughs> hey, we might we might order some pizza tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of pizza, let's transition to what you have, what what Kyler Murray has at his disposal, and then we're gonna talk about Kyler Murray. So we know that he has the uh, what the ageless wonder, Larry Fitzgerald, and he also has DeAndre Hopkins. At his disposal, he also has uh, he also has Christian Kirk, but then some of those question marks are like an Andy Isabella or a Hakeem Butler. Um, you look at you know Keyshawn Johnson, some of those some of those players that they drafted uh, last last year. What do you have any? What faith, if any, do you have in the receiving core? Because I've seen. Uh, a lot of I've seen and I've heard people say that this is one of the best receiving cores just because because you have DeAndre Hopkins. I get the fact that, yes, he is one of the best, if not the best wide receiver in the game. But Larry Fitzgerald isn't what he used to be. And I don't and I, and I think Christian Kirk is still unproven because he's been injured in his first couple of seasons. He's been injured. He hasn't finished a, a full season. But your thoughts on this wide receiving core, pick out a couple that you maybe feel strongly about or that you're a little bit on the fence about as well. Well, you know, the first thing with Larry, Larry Fitzgerald, man, he is the perfect complement to a DeAndre Hopkins. Bring, bringing DeAndre in here is one of the smartest moves I've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, DeAndre is now your number one. He's that dude can stretch on the outside. And he's not a burner, but we know his, between his catch radius and watching him, you know, get behind defenses and stuff like that, he's going to open everything up. I think he's going to be the one that breaks the, the seal on everything. Larry Fitzgerald, at this point in his career, he's like a big wide a big tight, uh, uh, a small tight end, let's call it. Okay. He doesn't have the same burst he used to have. He's never a burner anyway. Yeah. But to watch him on the inside in the slot position and moving the different things he does and the way he blocks now – what he's going to do is command the middle of the field like a like a tight end would, right? Okay. Then you're going to use those guys like Christian Kirk and Hakeem Butler and some of the others that you mentioned. Those dudes are going to have to learn fast on the fly. And I'm one of those dudes, you know, you hear all the praise sometimes for the wide receiver position here and there. I'm one of those dudes, man, and before I'm, before I'm going to believe it, you got to show it to me. It all looks good on paper. Yes. Uh, so, so one of the things we're going to have to kind of do, there's a couple of things that I'm looking for from this wide receiver group. One, got to get these dudes to stay a little healthier. Yes. Seemed like every time we turn around, somebody was hurt, missing a game or two in a row, you know, that type of thing. You need these dudes, especially when you got everybody else fighting in the in the trenches, meaning your big offensive lineman, your tight ends, your yeah. running backs taking a beating. And you look out and you see these dudes on the outside uh, of the formation, and you can't keep them healthy. Healthy. A lot of times it's like, man, what's it? All you got to do is run and catch the ball, you know? <laughs> I mean, come on, you know, we're in here. So, you know, and I'm just saying that for a little facetiously, but yeah, we got to keep those guys healthy. And then the other thing is the assignment knowledge. Okay. And got to get rid of the dropsies from time to time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Those are the things that kill uh, uh, one that can hurt a young quarterback. It's confidence. You know, we might not want to throw to you if you're always out there. Either not run the right route, run. And here's the thing: people look at the wide receiver position. And this is something that's really unknown. People think that okay, you get a 
uh, uh, route, and that's what you're supposed to run. Okay. I'm talking about the knowledge of the wide receiver. And just like as a tight end, there were times when I would go to, especially because of tight end, I was at blocking assignments and different things like that. Yeah. As a wide receiver, any one player that is called, you might have four or five different options on that one play. And you have to know exactly what you're supposed to do at all times. Okay. Against man coverage, you, you have a certain route. If they drop into zone and it's cover two, you have a certain route. If it's cover three, you have to break off. So, you know, instead of running the post, now it's cover three. Uh, gotcha. Middle of the field is good. You have to run an in. If you're the hot receiver on this route, if they bring too many from this side of formation, you're immediately supposed to break off your route and run a short drive. You know, these are all the things you need to know. Yeah. And these young guys, you know, they think it's about getting out there. You know, in college, you know, you look at how Alabama does. They get out there and they just run by everybody. Uh, everybody's open. Uh, it's, you know, you usually have no responsibilities because everybody's too afraid to blitz you because you're either going to run it right through past them and through them, right. or, you know, you got these big 350-pound linemen who are going to block everything up. Now you got single covers on the outside against superior a- athletes, you know, so you don't get the same treatment. In the NFL, everybody's as fast as the dude next to them. Mm. That's the other thing. You have to learn to compete out there on the outside against some of these, especially these, uh, these cornerbacks and people you're going to be locked up against. So I'm looking for maturity in terms of assignment, staying healthy, keeping the ball in their hands, and like I said, and then learn from Larry and DeAndre. You couldn't have two better mentors at that position. A lot of times young guys come into the league and they're trying to find their way without any leadership, you know, because, you know, maybe there's either somebody – who just got there a week before them right. might be a talent, but when you come into an, a locker room, you got DeAndre and Larry. If those young dudes aren't sitting next to them, I mean, Larry should be in the the, the bathroom stall, be like, dude, you know, get away from me. You know, dude yeah. should be ready yeah. with the piece of paper ready to wipe Larry's butt because he just wants to be that close to him. You know, <laughs> you got to be soaking that up. So, <laughs> so it's interesting that you mentioned that because I really hadn't given that much thought to the wide receivers and how they need to react because you see that interaction or maybe the, the looks from the quarterback to the wide receiver after a play where he's saying he's, you should have mm-hmm. gone this way as opposed to going that mm-hmm. way. If you were seeing what I saw or the, yeah. the, the hootie hoos that sometimes uh, you'll hear Ron Wolfley say, or something along those lines. And I want to point out to, we, we talked to uh, mentioned briefly, uh, Christian Kirk. So if we look at his two seasons in the NFL, we have, what was it? In 2018, 12 games, 2019, 13 games. He had 43 receptions in 2018, uh, 68 in 2019. It would, you would think that he would stand to possibly benefit because if you're not if you're not targeting um, Hopkins, then you're going to be then you're going to definitely be looking at at Larry. So then there should be a lot of opportunities you would think for somebody like a Christian Kirk to take advantage of that, or maybe even like you mentioned, a Hakeem Butler. They have those guys. That gentleman, Hakeem Butler, has speed, but it's a matter of can you catch the ball? Yeah, because speed does nothing. Because I'm a Raider fan, so. I know, Yo, about, yeah. I know about drafting for speed at all. <laughs> you guys need to go get cost. track dudes like Olympic <laughs> app track. You know, hey, he's fast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Quite a few times couldn't we catch did a that. cold in the middle of a boat in Alaska. <laughs> how many? How many decent 
let's just say set the bar rather low. How many decent wide receivers do you need to have on the roster to where you feel comfortable? When I say decent, somebody that can catch that can catch the the ball more often than not, that can that can run those routes or maybe be able to if not be on the same page as the quarterback at all times, most of the times. So we're talking about say Kirk, Fitzgerald, uh, and Hopkins. How many how many more? Uh, wide receivers that are serviceable do you feel that they need to have for you to be comfortable if and when uh, injuries happen and somebody has to has to be out for a game or two? Well, you're going to have your tiers. You're going to have your one, your two, uh, and then you got to have your slot three, you know, that type of thing. Let's go – let's do it like this. Number-wise, mm-hmm. you need at least two divas. You need at least two backups <laughs> Wait, to back them up. Wait, two divas? Yes, yes. Okay. And you need two uh, – the pips on the backside. You need two pips, right? <laughs> then you leave, and there you go. And then you need two <laughs> or three serviceable dudes that can step in. They're not going to be your ace, right. but they can do certain things well. Uh, I like to, to to. You look at somebody like the New England Patriots, and they you, they've never drafted great wide receivers. They go out and you get a Randy Moss for rent him for a year or two, different things like that. Right. But they've done it with dudes that have all different traits. You know what I'm saying? They they got a dude that can usually run fast mm-hmm. and catch the ball. You got somebody who's not afraid, an Edelman, to, he knows he's going to cover the middle of the field 90% of the time. That's your Larry Fitzgerald. He's going to take them hits that yeah. a lot of people are like, ooh, because guarantee you, yeah. there are a lot of dudes that do not, I repeat, do not, at all costs, want to go across the middle of the field. Right. There are wide receivers that are so happy with just running nines and corners and posts and stuff like that. Yeah. They want nothing to do with that stuff in between the hashes and them numbers. Right. You, as a good a good team, will have those dudes like an Edelman, like a Fitzgerald. You know, you pick certain guys out from different teams. Right. They got those dudes that don't mind going across. They know it's going to be nasty every now and then. They don't get the alligator arms. They're going to catch it, take the hit, get up. Dust and that's off. a real thing. That's a real thing. Arms. That's yeah. a real thing. And then, like I said, you need your dudes that um, I think in a perfect world uh, can do a multiple of things, but can also, you know, you got a dude that maybe he's a burner and all he needs is to break one tackle and he's gone. So right. he's a, and that's why it's so hard to, to – because everybody wants to be that dude on the outside who's running the nines and catching the deep balls or catching the deep slants and stuff like that, when in reality, like I said, you got to have a mix. And like I said, that that means you're gonna have to have about five, six guys in rotation, especially with today's game where there's so much four wide and stuff like that. You're gonna have to have those guys that can uh, kind of do it all. Size is size meaning height, not as in muscular muscular nature. Is that you look at Andy Isabella? He's five nine. I want to say Christian Kirk is five eight, five nine. I mean, I'm just saying it. I'm five. I, I, Christian Kirk might be smaller than that because he's yeah. five ten, and I think, I think my my youngest would tower over him. I, I, is is that a concern at all for you? I've always liked bigger wide receivers, and when I say bigger, I, I'd rather have a dude in the six one six two range that might be say instead of running a four four, maybe ran a four two five or a four, you know, whatever it is, four or five speed. To me, sometimes is overrated. I like my wide receivers to be able to go up over top, especially. It seems like some of these D backs are getting smaller and smaller as well. Right. I like my wide receivers to be a little taller with those long arms and be able to, you know, take advantage of that down the field. 
but in in all actuality, man, even our quarterbacks are getting smaller. And you know, we'll talk a little bit about Kyler Murray. Are, it, there's no definition of, of, I guess, the perfect size anymore because of the, you know, there's some certain, certain positions you have to be big, like, you know, your offensive tackles. You don't want to, if you're 6'2", you're not going to be a tackle. You're more likely going to be a, a guard or a center in, inside. Okay. But, you know, 6'4", six, 6'5", six, and above, that's why, you you know, so there's certain positions, size is always going to matter. But with your wide receivers, we're getting all type of different flavors and uh, that means different sizes and even shapes nowadays. So you would think that with Hakeem Butler being, what, 6'5", that it's really incumbent on him to be able to play this season. Two years of this, you know, to, to be able to really get out there and, and be able to make a difference mm-hmm. with that height. So maybe he's a wild card. So believe in the Arizona Cardinals. Let us transition to, you mentioned the quarterback. So Kyler Murray, there's uh, people want, it's it's interesting People want to be the first to be, I said it first. I said it. You heard it here first. So a lot of people are trying to to pick who's going to be that breakout quarterback this year. And, of course, because last year Kyler Murray had a decent had a, had a decent year. Yeah. He learned along mm-hmm. the way. Uh, he, there were a lot of those sacks that the offensive line was taking were based upon Kyler Murray yeah. running out of bounds and, and really not doing what he needed to do. He was to, good for that, that spin and fall down, wasn't he? It was a couple times. I was like, "What did what did he see?" <laughs> <laughs> yes. So 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 he learned a lot from that. But there have been some of the expectations. People think that for one, that he could be an MVP candidate. Uh, okay. So that, I'll just, let's, I'll let's just slow leave that, that roll in the atmosphere a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Uh, people thinking that he could be the next Lamar Jackson or the next uh, the next Mahomes because Patrick Mahomes because year two the magical year two. Do do you put any stock into that? It, even if this was a re, a, a normal off season, but given the fact that it isn't, when we're talking about Kyler Murray, should we just hold up a little bit, or or is this or, or this heightened expectation is it warranted? I know man, he was the number one overall pick. I get it, but your thoughts, man. You know, we both fathers, right? You know, you have baby, and you know, start off, and all they can do is drink the formula and stuff like that. And yeah. the next, you know, you get the little bottle of Gerbers. The carrots and all that kind of stuff, and you feed them everything. You you don't just get a baby and all of a sudden start feeding them steak and potatoes and stuff. You right. know, two weeks out of the womb, right? Right. We gotta let this little dude grow. When I say little dude. <laughs> <laughs> you say that. Bro. That was a faux pas that right was, there. Yes, that was. We gotta let this pas. young man yes grow into his not just physical ability with the talents he has and everything, we also have to let him grow into being a leader, and he showed some of that during the offseason and everything like that. Right. But to start putting pressure on him, like, he's, you know, especially when you you you, you brought up Mahomes. Mahomes was in a totally unique situation. Speak on it. Alex Smith was there. He had a year to sit behind him. Thank you. Andy Reid is an established coach who had success in Philly. I mean, he some call him an offensive genius. Then you talk about the weapons that he had at, 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 at in his hands. Man, I mean Hill. You just talk run about down being the, able to just run nine rounds. Yeah, I mean you got all these weapons. Andy Reid. Uh, you you throw all the th- things in. He learned from Alex Smith for a year. Uh, took over. You know. So okay, Kyler Murray showed some signs last year. Yes, that's all they are signs. Mm-hmm. He's got a long way to go. And the thing is, I like where he is. I'm not going to be one of those people if he has a year that's just a little tick above what he did last year. Any progress is good progress. What we don't want is stepping backwards, taking steps backwards. Right. And to put that, you know, and then you throw in the fact that they're in probably 
not probably the toughest division in football with the defending NFC champions, Seattle, who's always there. The Rams were just in the Super Bowl two years ago. Right. And all of a sudden, he's supposed to take over this, you know, with, and lead us to the promised land. Uh, nah, was it crawl, walk, run, sprint? So right. he's, he's in the, He's crawling. He's now, he's standing up now. Okay. He, okay. you know, he's, he's got two hands on the table and you know, and you know, at any minute he's going to, you know, fall, yeah. you know, right, but right. they'll get back up and then like you just roll through the hands up. Next, you know, he's going to be walking across the room. You right. Know? So let's let him get to that stage first. All this stuff about he's the next this and next that. Nah, come on. Let's, let's, let's pump the brakes on all that. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> so given the fact that we, with the, with the few minutes that we have left here, that we zero preseason games. He's still he's trying to start crawling. Mm. I mean, he's start he's trying to stand up. He's yeah. trying to stand up a little bit. These wide receivers, the offensive line, these things that need to gel. No preseason games. Is that is that a negative? A plus? Is it because I I know why? And you correct me if mm. I'm wrong because you we were talking about being vested last week. Yeah. If you don't get to that week one to be able to start the season, there ain't no vesting going on. Whether yeah. it's Vesta. Congratulations, or whatever it is, ain't nothing going on around that time. So you're trying to get to that first week. Mm-hmm. So I, I can understand why the players are saying, "Hey, hold up, man! I need to try to make sure I get this yeah. brand solidified." But from from a from a purely football standpoint, do they need the preseason games to be able to try to to try to get that chemistry and that cohesion and start to move in the right direction? I could not imagine going into a season with just practices, even scrimmages and stuff like that. It is going to be so tough on these players, and I know they're doing it for their own reasons and everything. And, you know, maybe it's it's a light, a, a blessing in disguise, meaning I don't think we need ever needed four preseason games. Right. And, and then you throw in the teams that have to play the uh, the uh, Hall of Fame game. You're talking about five preseason games. You mm-hmm. know, that's ridiculous. But one or two I think is a good tune-up. Uh, and I would – any player – who less for these rookies? I feel sorry for them in in the terms of they're going to be thrown in the camp. Okay, they're going to have all their drills. They're going to be doing one on ones. They're going to be doing this. Might even get a practice or two against another team. You know, yeah. controlled situation. Then all of a sudden, for you to get to the first Sunday, and all of a sudden now this is live bullets mm-hmm. and everything counts. Everything's at one hundred and fifty miles an hour. Right? Right. It'd be the equivalent of. You know, you, you get on, you, you don't like treadmills. You run on natural yeah, surface, right? Right. Imagine you stand, you know, you get just on the treadmill and you straddle it to yeah. just get it started, right? Yeah. And normally you get on, you start walking, and you did, and all of a sudden now you're good, you know? Yeah. Imagine you're straddling it and you put it up to like 8.9 huh. or whatever like that. Okay. 10 or whatever the max is yeah. on the, the, yeah. the, the thing. Yeah. And you just jump on there and try to start. Man, you're going to end up in the back wall or something like that. I hate you and your your analogies, man, because they're always on point, man. <laughs> always on point. But that's how fast, and I, I'm telling you, I remember the first, my first, when I was over in NFL Europe, and I was like, wow, this is, you know, because I haven't played football in 10 years. Right. NFL Europe, I get back to training camp in the NFL. My, you know, I went from NFL Europe on March 26th or whatever, or no, uh, June 26th, I landed back here after playing the World Bowl. Two weeks later, I'm in an NFL camp, right? And I'm thinking, well, I just finished the whole season of this. I mean, I got into NFL training camp, and I was like, holy cow. Yeah. That was practice, Javon. Wow. When I got to okay. my first preseason game, and then it was like, okay, well, this is what it's like, right? When I got to the first regular season game I played in, 
I, man, it was like every time you hit a different level, mm-hmm. the knob gets turned up times 10. Right. And so for anybody who thinks that these kids who've been off since they – some of these kids haven't played a, an actual game since a bowl game in January. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Now all of a sudden these kids are going to be in NFL, not with kids they matched up with, with grown, grown men. Grown men. men. Grown men. <laughs> I remember the first time I saw NFL locker room, I was like, holy. Because I went from playing, like I said, in the World League, all of a sudden I was in the NFL locker room. I was like, what the? I mean, so you take that in, that size, mm-hmm. that speed, and then your lack of knowledge and lack of, you're going to be you're gonna be swimming with all the playbook and this. and Man, it is going to be rough on some of them dudes. And the fact that they're not playing one preseason game just to get that next notch before they go to Max speed, right. bro, it's going to be rough. Excellent. Excellent analogy. So you have been listening to Believe in the Arizona Cardinals. I don't come with the dope analogies like my partner does. <laughs> he comes. That's why I said he's 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 the reason why you come to check it out. Real quick, though, if yeah. we like because you your specialty and you you're great in sports, but your your absolute knowledge is music. Imagine, and one of these days I'm going to sit next to you when you're doing one of your music shows yeah. and you'll be the dude dropping all the, so I'm, you know, the fact that I played it and all stuff, but I like the fact that you throw things at me that I can explain a little bit, but like I said, you don't, don't, don't say yourself short, bro. Don't say yourself short. <laughs> so, like Kyler Murray? Okay, so, so we do this every week. Again, it's Believe in the Arizona Cardinals, a Cardinal-centric show. So tell a friend to tell a friend. And so on behalf of my partner, Ed Easy Smith, I am Javon J. Love Adams. And as I like to say, are you good? Until next week, be easy out there. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.